Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Restoration Church Life podcast. It's been a minute. Haven't done one of these since last May. Uh, Took a bit of a summer hiatus, but here we are back again. Uh, The Restoration Church Life podcast exists to inform and inspire the community of Restoration Church as we go about the work of making disciples that don't just tolerate, but delight in the supremacy of Christ right here in our city, Washington, D.C., and also around the world, of whom we're trying to do our little part at our little church to impact the nations for our king. And so this episode is brought to you by that king. So this episode is brought to you by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one of whom governs the nations, has all authority in heaven and on earth, and is working all things together for his glory and our good. But this episode is also brought to you by Redeemer's House, which is a ministry of Redeemer City Church over in Brookland, one of our partner churches. Uh, They started a transition house for those that are coming out of incarceration into society to help them bridge that gap well. Um, Matt Louie is trying to gather together three to four volunteers to on a Wednesday night from 6 to 8.30 to cook them meals and to teach these guys the Bible as well as just kind of help uh, a third person to help those two uh, tasks of cooking and cooking food and cooking some Bible. So if you're interested in that, contact me, uh, get to know Matt, contact him, let him know. But uh, this episode is brought to you by Jesus and Jesus the Redeemer and the Redeemer's house. There you go. Okay, so today we're going to be answering a few questions about this book of Kings that we start, Lord willing, this coming Sunday. And so the book of Kings is a book that is in the Old Testament. It is part of the collection of books that is known as the prophets, which is, which is normally documenting the history of the nation of Israel, and in particular, the Old Covenant within Israel. Lots of things going on here, but uh, let's answer this first question that you may have. Why Kings, and how did you come to that decision to preach through Kings? So it's our practice at Restoration Church, typically to work through books of the Bible. We love that because it lets the Word of God set the agenda and it forces the church and the preacher and the pastor to submit to whatever God says instead of him just choosing his own favorite things. And so we chose book. I well, I typically will do the choosing uh, of the books and then I'll run it through the elders to see if they would agree. And uh, I have four rubrics by which I choose a book. Here's the first. First is I go Old Testament, New Testament. So since we did James and Hebrews uh, last year, um, we are earlier this year, we are going to go back into the Old Testament. So Old Testament, New Testament. Second is I think about genre. What genres do we need to be exposed to? In other words, I don't want us to always be in the same kind of genre. In other words, we're always in epistles or whatever the case may be. There's, There's four major types of genres in the Bible. So there's apocalyptic literature, there's narrative, there's epistles, and there's poetry. We've been in poetry in the uh, Psalms. We have been in epistles, and so now we're going to do some narrative. That's what the kings are. So that's a third reason, third way I choose a book, and a third reason why I chose kings. Uh, A fourth thing, or actually a third thing, I should say, so Old Testament genre, third thing is what's going on in the life of our church. Are there things going on uh, that we're thinking about or need to think about or need need some teaching on uh, that this book will impact? I'll come back to that in a second. The fourth thing is what's going on in the world around us, that maybe we can uh, study this book so as to kind of help us understand what's going on in the world around us. So genre, Old Testament, New Testament, what's going on in the church, what's going on in the world. And I chose Kings for those last two reasons because I do think we're in a time and a place where 
It's just not cool to be an authority, man. <laughs> uh, institutional heads are understandably being suspicious. I saw a poll the other day that for the first time, or the lowest, there's the lowest amount of confidence uh, for people that are leading religious institutions. People have never had less confidence in people just like me. Uh, and there's good reason for that, right? We've seen some stuff of that recently. And so uh, I want to take the time to study Kings so as to try to help build our confidence in what's good authority and recognize what's bad authority. And then also Kings is going to help us uh, orient us to not conforming to the patterns of the world around us. You're going to see in Kings, man, it is all over us about not adopt, not adopting pagan gods and false gods. That's what Israel is going to go on to do. And you will get an up close and personal view of that, that kind of trend all the way down. Kings serves as a kind of cautionary tale. And so we'll have an opportunity up close and personal to not conform to the patterns of the world around us. Israel is going to do that, and we're going to get a cautionary tale on how to not do that. So that's a second reason I chose kings, that the elders, by extension, chose kings. One, to try to establish good authority and recognize bad authority. And secondly, to have some cautionary tales about not following uh, the idols around us. And then thirdly, man, just to be so encouraged at how God is so faithful to his promises so that we'll trust his word in this difficult and disorienting time, that we'll trust his promises. They do prove true. Kings will show us that right up close. God makes a promise to David and he's going to keep it and Kings is going to show you that. He's intended to keep it. So that's how we arrived at it. That's how we arrived at the book of Kings. So next question maybe you're asking is, um, what's the big idea of Kings? Like what's the big idea? Because man, it is full of some crazy stuff. Kings is. Um, so what's the big idea when we kind of walk through this book over the course of weeks and months? Um, what's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big narrative so I can kind of lock back in to know what each individual thing is doing? So how, do, how can I lock, lock the trees back into the forest? Well, here's three big ideas that Kings is doing, and I'm going to make it simple on you. Three P's. You ready? Uh, I'm alliterating. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so first P is power. You're going to see the big idea of kings. It's, it's wanting you to see the power of God's word over and against man's word. You're going to see things like all the, these dudes with all this authority, all these kings they are going to have all this authority, and they're going to try to go one way and kind of institute their own word. And yet you're going to get these prophets that are come alongside that have next to nothing in their words, which are given to them by God. Their words have far more power than those kings in authority. So that's the one thing. Uh, that you'll see as a big idea that the book of Kings wants you to see is the power of God's word over and against man's word, even those man's words that are in a lot of authority. Uh, and then also a second thing that you're going to see is uh, primacy, the primacy of God's worship. God does not tolerate any worship of any other gods. You're going to see that really closely. So God will not put up with accepting worship of any other gods, right? And this shouldn't be a surprise to us. The first four commands of the Ten Commandments make this super clear. Have no other gods before me, right? So uh, you're going to see this in the book of Kings as God is wanting us to see the need to have the primacy of worship of the one true God. And we are not adopting the worship of any other kind of God, nor facilitating practices that also reject that God. Um, so yeah, power of God's word over and against man's word, primacy of worship over and against false worship. And then thirdly, promise. 
Power, primacy, promise. You're going to see in the book of Kings, the promise of God to David is not going to be given up on. Uh, when we get to the end of the book, it's going to be a really cool way the book ends. Uh, this book is tracing the promise to David. When God made a promise to David that he would have a son that would be in the line of David that will go on to rule the nations, right? This book is tra tracing that promise to David. And you're going to find, you're going to see tons of terrible stories and bad kings. And yet God keeps working till finally we see the answer in Jesus, the one of whom is in the line of David. And he is ruling over a kingdom larger than Israel. So that's what we're going to see. Those are the three big ideas that King's trying to press on us. One, the power of God's word. Two, the primacy of worship. Three, the promise of God and his faithfulness to the gospel. All right, let's ask a third question, though. Why so fast? Why are we going to go through this book so back fast? And by the way, it is one book. It's not two books. I know it is two books in our Bible, but it is intended. It was originally written as one book. So why so fast? Why are we going so quickly? And some of you might say it doesn't seem like we are going quickly. Uh, we're going to go through it, Lord willing, in 24 sermons. So what that means is, is we're going to have, you know, roughly on average two to three chapters each week. Sometimes we'll do one chapter, but uh, that'll be the least. But most of the time, two to three chapters, which means we're going to go through it quickly. So why so fast? Two reasons. One, it's a narrative. Narratives are telling a story. And so to slow down, to go too slow in a story uh, would be to miss the big storylines that the author's trying to communicate, which I just shared with you. And so narratives are meant to go quicker. Epistles are meant to go a little bit slower. Uh, and so if we go too slow, if we start, you know, taking a walk through, let's say, you know, the, uh, the black forest, then we would start to get understandably distracted by all these different trees and weeds and flowers and shrubs and the like. And we would forget that we're there to study as it were the black forest. So in the same way, if we go too slow in narratives, we'll miss the bigger storyline that the author is trying to share with us. That's the one reason why we're going as quickly as we are, because narratives allow us to do so, and it needs to do so to tell the story. But the second reason why we're going as quickly as we are is because the average member of Restoration Church stays somewhere between two and three years. Now, we have members that have been members here for, gosh, 11 years. I've been here for 13 years. Plan on here being here much longer, but... Uh, I do plan on being here far longer. So uh, there are members that have been here longer. There are members that are here are shorter. But since we have a lot of folks kind of coming in and out, we want to expose them to as much of the different types of Scripture as we can over the course of their time here. So that's the two reasons why we're going at the pace we're going. Uh, but let's ask the next question. Nathan, you might be asking, Nathan, can you give me a recommendation for maybe a commentary that I can kind of follow along with? I'm going to give you two. So the one that I would recommend to you, I love this series. It's, uh, the series is called The Bible Speaks Today. So, uh, and the author of the, of the book of Kings, of the commentary for the book of Kings in the Bible Speaks Today series, is a guy by the name of John W. Ollie, O-L-L-E-Y. I like the Bible Speaks Today series because it's faithful to the word and it's efficient while not being superficial. Uh, so it's one volume. It's a big book, but it's one volume. I'm here. I'm looking at it. It's like, you know, under 400 pages and, uh, it's going to do a good job of giving you a good, um, understanding of what's going on in each text, but it's not exhaustive such that it would bore you to tears about the etymology of a word or ancient Near Eastern history. Uh, but it will give you enough information to help you understand. So if you want a, 
a commentary to kind of follow along with so you can study on your own, that would be the one I would recommend. If you want some more, come find me. I'll give you some more. The other one that I would recommend, though, is if you have an ESV study Bible, just use that. Use your ESV study Bible. Uh, that is a faithful God. It's much shorter. Um, if you're looking for something even shorter than that commentary I just recommended, look at your ESV study Bible notes. Those are generally a very helpful guide. So that's some commentaries to kind of help you through. That will help your community group leaders. They would love if you're trying to study along with them, which leads me to my counsel. Uh, what would be the counsel I would have for you as we, as a church, go through this book together? My recommendation to you is to get a hold of that sermon card, which is beautiful, by the way. You haven't seen it yet, but uh, Joey did a fantastic job on designing this thing. But get that sermon card and try to read the passage uh, before we preach it, that coming Sunday. Some of your CGs will do this. Uh, you'll kind of work through it before, but read the passage on that sermon card before we preach it. And then spend some time in prayer and just asking the Lord to reveal to you the ways in which the Lord intends to speak to you and to us as a church. Don't just make it individual. Think of us as a church. So read the passage, spend a little bit of time in prayer, uh, and prayer for you, pray for us. Read that passage, get that sermon card, and pray. Okay. And then lastly, how can you pray? How can you pray for us as we walk through the book of Kings? I've got four ways, and they're pretty clear. So here we go. First one. Pray that the word of God would be preached faithfully. Pray for me, pray for Joey, pray for any other elders. They're going to be preaching from kings. There's a lot of squirrely stuff going on in here. Uh, so you're going to have to be, uh, you're, a lot of you are going to have questions about matters of judgment. You're going to have questions about matters of miracles. Like, you know, like somebody uh, touches Elisha's bones, dead bones, and they come to life. God has a has an axe head to float. Uh, you have 185,000 people killed in a night. I mean, you're going to have a lot of miracles. So pray that the word of God is preached faithfully so as to not check our brains at the door and also have us not to go off into these you know, kind of rabbit trails, but instead that we would properly understand and orient ourselves to the power of God's word over and against man's word. So pray that the word of God would be preached faithfully. Second, pray that people would be converted through this series. And would that God would maybe save five or ten people from now until next Easter, which is how it'll go, how far it'll go. Pray that God would convert people to understanding the need to have the primacy of worship to the one true and living God, to not conform to the idols that are pressing around us, to believe the authority of God's word over and against man's word. Pray for conversions. That's the second thing. Third thing, uh, pray also um, that we ourselves as a church would learn from this book and not conform to the idols that are around us. Uh, this book is so instructive about watching how the Israelites just start adopting slowly but surely uh, all of the idols around them. But you're going to see right from the beginning how David's son, Adonijah, will, will declare, exalted himself and declared himself king. I mean, man, that is so prescient for our cultural moment. So pray that our church would learn to not conform to the idols that are around us. Um, and there's plenty of them being pressed on us all around us. And then last thing to pray for is that uh, pray that we would learn to trust Jesus as the true and lasting king. 
Pray that we would come gladly come up under his good authority, that we would follow other earthly authorities insofar as they are following King Jesus, that we would individually in our homes, our families, our lives would gladly follow King Jesus as our Lord and that we would not try to make ourselves king, but instead we would follow gladly follow Jesus and his kingship, his lordship as it is revealed to us in his word. So pray for those four things. Pray that, again, that the word would be preached faithfully. Pray that people would be converted. Pray that we would learn from this book and not conform to the idols around us. And instead, positively pray that we would conform to the kingship of Christ. Okay, guys, that's kings. That's kind of what we're going to see. I hope you'll pass this around. I hope you'll listen to this. Maybe you need to stop and listen to it again. Maybe you need to save it, come back to it later in the series and kind of remember some of these things. Do help your CG leaders. Uh, try, to don't, try to not chase too many rabbits. Um, I'm not, by the way, I'm not going to be able to read every single word in this book if you, unless you want me to preach for an hour and a half, uh, which I'm pretty sure most of you don't want me to do that. Some of you would be glad for that to happen. But uh, I'm still going to try to labor to be inside of about 45 minutes. It's going to be really hard to do that. But um, yeah, so I won't read every passage, but I will grab the big idea every single week. And so far as I'm remaining faithful to the word. So help me, help your community group leaders by reading the passage, by praying, by keeping these big ideas in mind and help, helpfully staying inside those big ideas in your CGs. Okay, guys, love you. Thank God for you. Looking forward to this series together and all that God has for us in it. He's going to do great things. I trust him for that. And I'm thankful that I get to serve you guys in this word. Thank you for the privilege of pastoring you where I, where I get to spend a couple days every single week studying the word and putting a, a, um, a feast together to try to feed you guys so that we would come up under the lordship of our great and glad savior, Jesus Christ. So thank you for that privilege. I love you. Thank God for you. Look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us in this book. God bless you. Peace out.